Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome back to the coaching staff, episode number 56. And this week, we are talking about communicating expectations. Uh, we're getting to that point. It's it's mid-September-ish. Uh, leaves are starting to turn a little bit. It's still definitely football season and cross-country season and volleyball season. And if you're in Nebraska, softball season. But, you know, you can, you can, you can feel the changes. And now you start thinking a little bit more and a little bit more about your upcoming season. And how do you communicate your expectations to your players, to your parents? What are the things that you need to say? Maybe sometimes the things that you don't need to say. And, and how do you do it? How do you manage it? And so Tony and I thought we would talk about that this week. Mr. Viss, dare I regress to not say hello to you, my good friend. How are you doing today? Doing all right. You know, it's definitely uh, fall weather right now, so that's always a good thing. Fall, I think, is my favorite season. So, uh-huh. yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. How about you? Doing all right. We are both uh, recording immediately after returning home from cross-country meets. Uh, so if we sound winded, it's because we were watching people run. Um, I was not running. Were you running, Tony? No, I just worked the shoot where they finish at and send them to get their medals and get a water and all that good stuff. You know, the important thing. Yeah. Yeah. I worked the part where on our cross country course, we have like this hill that they come down and mm-hmm. they come down the hill. And then they go one way. So I point as they come down the hill, I point this way. And as they kind of go around this circle, they come around. When they come back around, you know what I do? I point, point, the other way? I point them back up the hill. Whoa. And, and that, that, that was my job. Uh, I only screwed up twice, which was good. Uh, so, you know, uh, no, it's, I mean, uh, the, the kids, you know, Obviously, they're much more experienced than I, but it's important to have somebody down there. And I, and I do take the job seriously. I, I joke about it, but I do take it seriously. You know, I make sure that, you know, you got you got kids running down there and parents and stuff like that. And the way that our hill is, it, it you know, it can, you know, all it takes is one little trip. And, man, it could get ugly really, really fast. And uh, so I do take my job seriously. I don't want anybody to think that I don't. I do. So, um, so yeah, so little cross country. That's the, I believe in 460 some episodes of a pen and a napkin. That is the most we've ever talked about cross country. So, um, should we get well, into- It's probably my favorite sport to work though. Uh, just from the standpoint of, you know, the kids that finish at the end probably get the loudest cheers. Um, you know, it's just very, very team oriented. It's one that sportsmanship I think is at the ultimate level yep. on that one. And yep. just, that's probably, like I said, probably my favorite sport that to work would be cross country. I really have noticed, <clears throat> and every year that I do it, I'm, I'm reminded of it, but I, I really noticed that how supportive the people are to all the runners. Like, you know, they're mm-hmm. supportive of the, of the kids from their school or, you know, uh, yeah, their team. But it, you know, everybody's, Hey, come on, keep it going. Keep those arms pumping. Come on. You know, and, um, and, and I don't, I, I, I would guess it's a, you know, it's kind of like a wrestling where it's like a, a unique brotherhood. It's a unique type of toughness that you have. Uh, often we associate tough sports like hockey and football and things like that. And, and, and obviously wrestling is a very physical and tough sport, but you know, there, there is a, a uniqueness. Uh, one of our kids wore a shirt, um, at, at our school and it, it said something like cross country. Your punishment is our sport. 
yeah. I'm like, you know, that's that's pretty good. That, that's that's pretty good, you know. And, and and there's there's a lot to that. So I, I have noticed that as well, Tony. Uh, now that you say that, that that uh, yeah, I noticed that again today. So um, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. Should we get into some uniform numbers? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Episode fifty six. I've got three linebackers and a starting pitcher. Hmm. Oh, good. Short and sweet. All right. Um, Let's go linebackers first. Yep. In my opinion, the greatest defensive player of all time, Lawrence Taylor. I would concur. Might be the greatest football player of all time. I think it'd be be between the top three would be him, Brady, and Jerry Rice. I might throw a Walter Payton in there, but yeah, those those are... Those are kind of the Mount Rushmore, if you will. Yeah, maybe Jim Brown. Yeah, you know? Jim Brown wasn't bad. Wasn't yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah, he did okay. So can't you get a couple carries? Yeah, yeah, he's all right. Uh, two more linebackers. Uh, I'm going to guess. I don't know if it's Jack Lambert or Jack Ham, but one of the Jacks for the Steelers. No Jacks, man. No Jacks. No Jacks. Dang. No Jacks. I've got a University of Iowa graduate. Uh, oh, let's go Andre Tippett. There you go. And then uh, Skoll was the team he's most... Vikings. Of. Yes. Uh, Chris Dolman? There you go. Well done. And then one left-handed pitcher. Starter. Whew. Uh, south side of Chicago. Mark Burley. There you have it. Well done. Well done, I Mr. I like the, when they're short and, and fairly easy. Yeah, well, there you go, That's buddy. my cup of tea. Yeah. Unlike your trivia question later. <laughs> it's a long trivia question. It's like two or three parts. Oh, so who's keeping track? <laughs> Might have to get out an abacus or, or a T-square. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> Six minutes and ten seconds. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Communicate. I've been T Square for a while. That was impressive. <laughs> it's called the T Square. <laughs> we might not recover from the T Square. <laughs> I know. Oh, what a great episode. Uh, the Van Buren boys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Marty. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, all right, before we get too stupid, too late. Whoops. <laughs> <coughs> Communicating expectations. I, uh, I had four big things here, Tony. Uh, I don't, you know, I'll let you go ahead and start here this week. Uh, just, uh, what's important about communicating expectations? You know, we've, uh, we're probably about a month and a half away from, things getting rolling and uh you know one of the big things that we really emphasize is that preseason meeting yeah um because with that preseason meeting there's really no second guessing as far as things go i mean things are laid out very very clearly uh you know john does a really nice job of covering you know whether it's fundraising opportunities or games or food and stuff like that but it's, it's very well attended um a lot of information is dispersed uh, but it's just one of those things going into it. You want to know what are the expectations and as far as, you know, information that's important, you know, if, if they don't know that, you know, because like for freshmen, it's going to be, it's going to be a tough one for them because they go morning practice mm-hmm. and you've got to understand that right out of the gate. And with sophomores, it's important because of the fact, Hey, 
we have two freshman teams. There's no two freshman teams here. There's not a fifth quarter. Um, and so it's just, it's, you know, you, you need to know what you're getting into. You need to know what the expectations are and what happens if you don't follow through on those things. And so, you know, that's, that's just the, the, you know, I, I cannot put enough emphasis on that at the beginning because that just really shapes and drives the direction that you're heading. And then, you know, once you get into the season, you know, there's there's no such thing, in my opinion, as over communication. Exactly. Um, you know, what time practices, what time the bus leaves, what uniform to bring, what you know, this, that, and the other. It's just it's, it's the lifeblood of a program. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's your the the first thing I wrote that I put down, Tony, was literally have something written down for better or worse. Uh, have something written down that you can hand your parents that you can hand your players and i'm sure your activities director is the same that that we've had at our place uh they want a copy of it so that they can say well look you know you know uh billy's mom and dad are saying well how come he's not on varsity well here was their clear expectations of what a varsity player's attendance should be at practice and you took off for cancun for a week and a half well you know, you you can't have, you don't have much of a leg to stand on here. You know, and and I back my coach, and so uh, go ahead, buddy. No, I was just gonna say you kind of made your bed, now you got to lie in it type <laughs> of thing. Yeah, um, and, and and I think that you you have to have something written down to to give to your players, to give to your parents, and you know some of the things that we have written in ours. I did a, a quick buzz through of of the one that we have, and we and I. Make sure I go through it every year. I haven't done it yet this year, but I will. Uh, practice etiquette. Uh, lateness, uh, tardiness to anything. Uh, what's it take to letter? What is our cuts policy uh, if we have to cut kids? Um, playing time philosophy. Uh, how to communicate with, your, with the staff if there's anything that you feel like you need to communicate. Uh, what are your, your disciplinary things, whether that's academics, uh, perhaps it's a substance uh, type of thing, you know, especially with high school kids, mainly alcohol. Uh, mm-hmm. What is, your, you know, for f- not so much with the guys, but more for the girls, your club sports policies. Uh, you know, what's that going to be like? We make them sign a contract. Uh, if you take a vacation in the middle of the season, here's what it's going to be. Our overall basketball philosophy. Now, we keep that really, really vague uh, because we don't want to be painted into the corner by the by the parent that says, you said that you're going to play 2-3 zone on every out-of-bounds play, but then you went man, you know, and that type of thing, you know. <laughs> Uh, but that's just some of the stuff that we have in ours. And I think that if you're not sure what you should be putting down, well, number one, if you want a copy of, of mine, you know, just email me, a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. I'd be more than willing. And I'm not saying mine's perfect. I'd be curious to see what other coaches have in their parent handout, in their player handout, explaining these type of details and expectations. Um, so, you know, a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. If you want a copy of mine, let me know. Like I said, if you've got one, I'd be curious to check yours out and see if there's anything I'm missing from mine. But even with that, if, if you're not sure, and I wrote this out, it's kind of like that old writer's credo, Tony. If you don't know what it should be, just start writing. And mm-hmm. as you start typing stuff up and as you start thinking about things, you just keep going and you t- keep typing and... It'll it'll come to you, and you'll put something together, and you'll you know especially your first uh, for first few years that you're doing this, you're going to be adjusting things, you're going to get things, but probably after five, six, seven years, you're going to come 
you know, it, it's going to help you develop your philosophy out as to how you are personally going to handle those expectations. Now, Marty, when you do your parent meeting, do you do an in-person one or do you do it on Zoom or Google Meet or something like that? I think, now, we're, we're doing it differently this year. We were kind of, um, the, my first three years, it was just kind of, well, do a parent meeting is what we were told. And now we're, we're doing it, and this is the way we used to do it at my old job. To, you know, Wednesday the 2nd is all winter sports parents meeting. So coaches are expected to be there. Uh, parents are hopefully they're attending. And we're going to do it all at once. And and everybody's going to be up at the facility to to meet with their child's coaches for the winter season. So, we you know, fall, winter, spring. And I, and I really like that. I really thought that was one of the really good things that we we did while I was at SCUT is is to do that. It was a it was a great way to get everybody off to a a good start to the year. Uh, it gave parents an opportunity to meet with you to hear it straight from you. And you know we encourage obviously just like you guys we encourage it. Um, I don't know if we have a Zoom option or not. Um, I'll find that out when we get to it or when we get closer to ours here. I don't think they had a Zoom option for the fall, but I could very well be wrong with that. But I think that's a, a good thing to have if you can have that as well for a parent that, you know, hey, Billy's dad is out of business for or out of town for business. Uh, he's in Chicago for business. He can't be there, but he still wants to see what the coach has to say. So I think that's a good thing. That's one of the things when, you know, the whole COVID thing, we've gone to where it is. Uh, Google Meet, and then we'll record it. Uh, there's a PowerPoint that has all the information like you were talking about earlier. And then we'll also throw in uh, different links into the chat so that they can, you know, whether it's sign up to work something or whether it's to, you know, this fundraiser or to buy, you know, that travel suit or whatever the case may be. But, yeah, that's that's been really kind of a nice thing because it's hard to get – everybody's scheduled to, to match up and this just makes it a little bit easier and a little bit more uh, convenient for everybody. Now with yours, does the activities director give a, a presentation first and then you split off into no. the different sports or is it just, just straight up, just boys basketball? Just straight up. Yeah. You get, a, we send out the link for those cause John does a pretty good job of getting everybody's contact information. And so he'll send out a link to their email and then they just click on when they're supposed to be in the meet. He, you know, allows them permission to be in it and then we start pretty much right on time and it usually takes right about an hour and mm -hmm. then yeah like i said he records it for those who can't make it uh he'll share the the uh, google slide deck with everybody so mm -hmm. they have some of the things you're talking about with lettering and variety of other things in there as well and it just like i said it's pretty slick and works out well and everybody's in the comfort of their own home yeah uh i think it the way we used to do it at scott was the activities director would give a 20-ish minute kind of overview of the the, the season coming up, um, just do's and don'ts and, and basic stuff like that, and then let the coaches take care of it specifically. But it was a good way to set a tone coming into the season uh, by, by having that type of discussion there and, and having your activities director leave that. I, I think that's a good – I think it's a good way to do it, but, you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat, obviously, as well. So – yeah, and that's probably the most popular method that I've heard is the one that you're describing where, like you said, the activities director gives 15, 20 minute little talk. And then, you know, depending upon how many different winter sports, you get sent off to a variety of directions. And, yeah, it works out pretty slick that way. Mm-hmm. 
Coaches in the Omaha metro area, get signed up today for the Metro Basketball Coaches Association Coaches Clinics to be held at Union Bank and Trust facilities out in West Omaha, 204th and Dodge. We've got another great lineup this fall here, four Wednesday nights. We're going to get you taken care of. we got a lot of great stuff here. Starting on September 20th, an on-the-court demonstration by two of the best coaches in the region. Trent Miller, the men's basketball coach at Morningside College, and then the highly successful coach of the Creighton Blue Jays on the women's side. Jim Flannery is going to come out and do an on-court demonstration for the coaches in the area. Week 2, September 27th, it's going to be Doug Woodard, the former head coach at Bellevue West and multiple state champion coach there, along with Derek Kellogg, who's an assistant coach at Creighton University on the men's side of the ball. So you've got two great coaches there they are going to talk. On October the 4th, you've got Fred Hoiberg, the head men's basketball coach at the University of Nebraska, going to come in and do some talking, I'm sure, about his offensive philosophy. And then Andy Shaw from Iowa Western, one of the best small, uh, one of the best junior college programs in the country. The last week here, October the 11th, Ken McDonald from USA Basketball is going to come in. He's got a lot of different experiences that he's going to share. And all of this stuff is going to be at the OSA facility at the Union Bank and Trust Arena 21015 Cumberland Drive out in Elkhorn. Uh, there's going to be wings, there's going to be beverages, there's going to be door prizes, a lot of really, really good stuff. If you want to get signed up for this year's MBCA, uh, get a hold of Tom Crable here at Boystown. The address is 9002 Pacific Street in Omaha, 68114. He'll get you set up, or you can sign up at the door. But it is one of the best clinics that you're going to have. A lot of great coaches, a lot of great company, a lot of great discussions here at the Metro Basketball Coaches Association Clinics. So get signed up for those today. What do you got? Uh, you know, building off of that, I'm going to kind of take that and run with it, Tony. Um, we also have, and, and I've talked about this before. We have we, we meet with our players at least twice a year, individually, uh, postseason, which we which we had last spring, and then uh, where we kind of say, okay, here's where you're at coming into the summertime and, and the summer season, and you know, here's what you're doing well. Here's what we need you to work on, and you know, here's one thing. Yeah, we try to limit it to one thing. We don't want to you know, confuse them too much, you know, uh, paralysis by analysis. Uh, and, and then we have our, our fall meeting here, which we'll have, you know, last week of October, first week of November, you know, right around that time period. And, and we'll start taking a look at a little bit more, what is your role going to be? And we have, we have our kids fill out a, a preseason questionnaire. Um, and I, and I used to do some, some stuff with it, um, with like individual goals and things like that. But I've, I've kind of gone more to a little bit of a different format here, Tony. And, and, um, we, we always put up there, you know, what level do you feel that you're at? Okay. And, and for us, it's just JV or varsity because we're a smaller school. Uh, what, what is your role within that team? Starter or sub? And then I added something this year. How many minutes do you think you should play? each game you know what what do you realistically you know what what should be your minutes load apparently let you know close to it okay and then you know what are the best skills that you have that you feel like you have and for us uh, I really feel like that that will uh, be a good starting point to see if a player maybe has too high of expectations you know they see themselves as a varsity starter playing 24 minutes a game and we're kind of like more like well we kind of see you as a JV sub playing 12 minutes a game, 
you know, approximately, you know, and we don't, again, we don't want to paint ourselves too much into a corner, but I, I think when we get into, a lot of times when we have parent issues and player issues, it's because of heightened expectations and, and sometimes false expectations. And so before we even get going, it's not that we don't, it's, it's not that we are trying to say, no, you can't do this. It's, it's more of a conversation of, okay, if this is kind of way out of whack, um, we need to have a discussion before we move any further because obviously we, we have two different tracks of thought here, at least at the outset. Now, Jimmy... Or, or Mary, do you have an opportunity to increase your role? Absolutely. Go out there, play hard. Uh, every day in practice, every drill, every rep, it's an opportunity for you to prove yourself. And if you do in that, we're that's where we're going to put you. All right? Uh, so it's not necessarily for if you've got a kid that says, I'm a, I'm a, a varsity sub, and they're playing, they put down, I feel like I should play 16 minutes a game, and you're more of like, well, maybe it's 12 minutes a game. Well, we're not going to have much of a conversation on that aspect of the questionnaire before or, or during this meeting, but it's more for those kind of situations where things are, are pretty askew between where the coaching staff sees themselves and where the player sees themselves. So, um, And, and we, we talk about the rule of 160 minutes. We only have 160 minutes a game. We got 32 minutes for five different spots, and, and we make sure that Hey, we can we can only divide it so many different ways, and and so you have to keep that in mind when we're talking about playing time. And and again, a lot of times we just use this as a discussion point. Um, there's some other things on here, and again, if, if folks want to know what we have on our questionnaire, email me. I'll send it to you. I, I'd be curious to see other people's questionnaires as well. So, but I I actually worked on this today, Tony, um, because I, I I wanted to change it up. Uh, there's some things that I wanted to do with this year's team that maybe were a little bit different than what we've done the last two or three years, uh, because you know I, I think it's important for this edition. And I'm and I could be very well, really, really right, Tony, or I could be really, really wrong. We won't know until February or March whether we're approaching this the right way. I, I hope we're. Uh, I think we're approaching it the right way. I hope we're approaching it the right way. Uh, but that's the way we choose to approach it. So uh, that's kind of the next thing we do from from that point. Yeah, we do something similar, uh, you know, in terms of season's over. Uh, we're getting ready for the banquet. And at the banquet, um, kind of my last little note to them as they go from sophomore level up and, you know, JV or varsity or whatever is I give them three positive things. And then one thing to kind of keep in mind as far as to work on in the off season to improve, to hopefully better themselves as a player and put themselves in a better position to earn a role that they, they want. Um, you know, I usually have the conversations that you're talking about with them a week or two into the season, you mm -hmm. know, uh, as far as where I see them, the number of minutes they're looking for, you know, uh, to receive in a game. And, you know, and it, it's interesting because, you know, we'll end up with about 30 guys out mm -hmm. and it, it's tough because we have 18 uniforms. Yeah. Um, they're used to, you know, 10 starters because of the two teams and stuff like that. We have five starters. And so we have that funnel talk with them and we have what you're talking about, the 160 minute rule. You know, I'd said, Hey, you know, if they're 160 minutes in game, 
starters on average are probably going to play about 20 and some starters will probably play closer to 25 some starters will probably play closer to 16 whatever whatever the case may be sure so, so there's 60 minutes left and that's going to be eaten up by guys off the bench you know we're going to play eight nine ten players total uh as far as things go and so it just kind of gives them an idea of where, where we're headed and what we can do and stuff like that And it's not always a fun talk mm-hmm. but i think it's a talk that's very, very necessary. I remember one year we had a really deep team and we had the 160 minute talk. And, you know, I said, I'm not asking if you feel good about this. What I'm asking is, do you have a better understanding of where we're coming from? And, you know, there was several guys that, that didn't play a whole lot like, yeah, this helps a ton. And so I just think that they don't necessarily like it, but they appreciate it and respect that you took the time to have that conversation with them. But I just think it's so essential because they, you know, in their minds, they may not be thinking through all the layers and levels that you are. And the more you can put the cards on the table, the better off it's going to be. And the other thing I throw at him as well is, hey, just because you, you know, you don't start or you don't play, you know, consistent minutes or whatever the case may be, doesn't mean that your role on this team is not important because somebody's got to get these guys ready. Somebody's got to be able to run what the other team runs to give them good looks and to do it well. There's no small role on this team. And we're going to value and treat you well, no matter what your role is. There's, you know, we don't favor the best player over the 30th player, whatever the case may be in terms of treatment, you know, and so those, I think those are important things for them to hear. Yeah. And, and a couple of the questions that I have on here, Tony, um, which I like to ask, uh, what are your expectations for your coaches this season? I, I think it's important for to, to hear from your players, okay, what, what do they want or need from you as, as your coach? Um, and then another thing that we talk about, uh, what do you think your parents' expectations are for this season? Um, because I think sometimes the that's even a different expectation. Um, and, and I think that's, again, where a lot of times a lot of issues come from is parents not understanding what their what their child wants out of the experience as opposed to what they think they should be getting out of it. And, and a lot of times that in our sport, that comes down to playing time, shots, you know, so forth and so on, their, their role on the team. So, um, and, and, and I, here's what I wrote down, Tony. With, with these conversations, with these, with these player uh, preseason meetings, this, this is what I wrote down. You need to be uplifting while also being realistic. You know, mm-hmm. we're we're not going to bring Mary or or Bobby in and just say, well, you know, here's the deal, Bobby. You you're just terrible. Um, yeah. You are awful. I don't know why you're here. I don't know how you made the cuts last year. Um, just don't bother showing up on November thirteenth. You know, uh, it's it's you know, no. It, we want to be. We want to build them up. Hey, here's here's the things that you're really good at. Uh, we love your energy, and, and most of our kids on most of our teams, an extremely high percentage of our kids are awesome kids. They're they're awesome kids who uh, want to have some sort of role. Uh, it's just some roles are going to be bigger than others, and we need to make sure that we clearly uh, and transparently explain that. And and I you know I would rather have a very uncomfortable ten or fifteen minute conversation than be really uncomfortable for three and a half months. And, and I think that's the way we have to look at it as leaders, as coaches, that it's, it's an important part of our process. And, and, you know, you know, just as well as I do, Tony, 
the, one of the hardest things you have to learn as a head coach is you can't make everybody happy and you have to do what's best for the program. And when you have to make those tough decisions, Hey, we're playing Prairie to, uh, this, this Friday night. And usually we play nine kids, but tonight I really only feel comfortable with these seven. That, that should not be a terrible surprise to players eight and nine. Hopefully, you know, if you, if you've done your job, does that mean they're happy? No, but they shouldn't be surprised because you have clearly communicated your expectations as to how they fit into things, depending on different scenarios and different situations. Exactly. And then one of the things I thought that you brought up that was good when you were kind of talking about, you know, playing time expectations, I've heard coaches that will fill out, you know, where do you see yourself in the rotation? What number of player are you? How many minutes do you play and stuff like that? And then if the parents come in and they have concerns and they're like, you know, my my son or daughter should be a starter and they should be doing this. That's interesting because your son or daughter had them sums down as the eighth or ninth player that got about, you know, eight minutes a game. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, they, they have a clear expectation. They understand their role. And again, that's what I, that's why we put on our sheet, you know, what are your, what are your parents' expectations? Because I mm-hmm. think sometimes, and, and I get it, it's, it's hard for kids, especially if you have uh, a parent who's, very excitable and and you know you know that type of parent dynamic um it's hard for a child to say that to mom and dad you know and mm-hmm. and, and i get it you know so that that kind of helps us as well so um i have one more thing tony i don't know what you have do you have anything else yeah i have one other as well okay. um you know one of the things that happens sometimes uh in games is that as you coach in a game, you, you, you're going to coach in sound bites because it's, that's not the time to go into a doctrinal dissertation or to go, you know, wax all poetically and, 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 you know, speak in paragraphs. And so one of the things that I try to do uh, as well is I try to do positive game notes with them. Mm-hmm. So after each game, you know, I'm going to watch the film anyway. And so after each game, you know, I type up game notes and, you know, a lot of times I'll share, if there's like a concern, I'll just, Hey, we need to block out here. or You know, we need to make, look to make the extra pass or whatever the case may be. But when there are things that are done well, um, I do make sure that I try to highlight the player that did it well, you know, Hey, great job there of, of, you know, finding the open teammate or being in the right spot, or we loved your poise under pressure or whatever the case may be. But I think it's important to, to give those things to them in terms of communicating those expectations that they're doing well in games because you want to do that positive reinforcement thing so that you can see it more often. But I think it's, it's something that's important for them to hear as they continue to try to wrap their mind around exactly what you, your expectations of them are mm-hmm. in, in games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to do uh, I think I've said this before. We're going to do a, a, a report card. That's the goal for every game, uh, a, a, a printed evaluation and, and each coach is going to have their lane. Uh, I'm mine's the, you know, 30,000 foot view, uh, coach plums notes, uh, coach, coach Duro is going to do our shot quality and break that mm-hmm. down. Um, coach, coach Eastman is going to do our hustle board and then coach the other coach plum who committed to helping me out this, this year, Tony, this week, which I'm really excited for. Yeah. Um, he's going to, uh, he's going to do our game goals, our game by game goals. And, and hopefully we can kind of condense this into one sheet. And, and after, 
you know, very shortly after every game. Like we open up, we play Friday night and we play Saturday afternoon. Well, that's going to be, that's going to be a tough turnaround, but by Monday, here's our report guard from our two games this weekend. And, and let's take a look at it here uh, just to give those players feedback. So I, I love, I love that concept. We're, we're going to try and do that here this year and, and hopefully we, we get it done the right way, buddy. So um, yeah. the other thing that I had, and we'll spend our, and, and this has been my project the last couple of weeks. Uh, we have, we'll have about a two week window to do what we call conditioning, you know, just, and basically when we say conditioning, it's, here's the ball. Let's go play some pickup games. Let's, you know, go play some three on three, whatever. Obviously we're not allowed to coach them or, or break down anything there, but then we're also going to do some, some cultural stuff. And we, those two weeks I've really found, uh, have been really, really important to our seasons, establishing what our culture is going to be like this, uh, you know, each season. Uh, one of the things I really feel like I failed at, uh, at, my last job was waiting until kids were seniors and then be like, okay, you're seniors, you're leaders now. Let's teach them how to lead. Well, that's it's too late at that point. It really, really is. And so one of the things we've really done is we've tried to teach our kids to be leaders as freshmen and learn leadership lessons along the way and, and have those equal voices in the locker room. And I'm not saying we're perfect, but we're trying to do that part of it better. And so we've, we've done the John Gordon thing. We've got some great activities planned this year. Um, I mean, we, we, we've legit got eight days of team building stuff. And again, hitting those themes, those expectations and communicating those, communicating those expectations of what we think. If we do these things, we've got a chance to have a great experience and, and hopefully a really successful season, uh, you know, we took to max out. And again, I don't know what our max out is this year. I never know. Uh, again, being seasoned and experienced, I've gotten past the whole, I think we're going to win 18 games this year. I think we're going to win four games. I don't know. I just go out and coach now. I don't worry about that crap, you know? Um, but when we, when we do that stuff, um, and I'm really excited about what we have in place for this year. I, I think it's going to be really, really good for our players. I think we're going to learn a lot, and I think it's going to set a great tone. And again, by communicating those expectations, and here's our big themes that we think we need to hammer in for the season, um, I, I, I think hopefully that will get us off to a, a good start, which will lead to a good ending. You know, so Coaches are absolutely loving our taking over a new program booklet. As many of you know, I spent two years outside of coaching, and during that time, I hung a note card in my workspace at school that said, strip the house down to the studs. I took that time to really rethink and reorganize my thoughts on what it takes to run a transformational program. As I prepared for the possibility of coaching again, I organized these thoughts into this 96-page booklet. How much do I trust this booklet? I used this booklet as I went on interviews to help sell myself and my vision for what my new program would look like. If I'm using it to sell myself, why wouldn't I recommend it to you, my listeners? This booklet will help you look at any part of your program, no matter what stage you're at in your program, and help improve it in some way. It's all yours for only $15, which includes shipping and handling. For more information, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Well, you know what does definitely work, my friend. Final countdown by Europe. You 
without a doubt, it is the final countdown. It is Europe, and it's time for the coaching staff trivia question. Mr. Viss, you have it. Hit me with your best shot, as Pat Benatar once said. All righty. Um, it's a two-parter. I, I, I tried to trim it down and make it as good as I, I could here. The uh, WNBA playoffs are in full gear. Yep. Uh, with that, there's also the eye to next season, as it could be one of the best uh, WNBA, if not the best WNBA draft class to ever uh, grace the association. But yep. at the same time, with NIL, some of them may end up choosing to go back to college. My question is twofold. First off, which of the teams that did not make the playoffs have the best chance to get the number one overall pick? And the second part of it, when was this team's last appearance in the WNBA playoffs? I believe it is the Phoenix Mercury. Mercury. Didn't they have the worst record? They have the second best odds of getting it. So I'm I'm not going to look up ESPN right now. Um, it's not Indiana. Is it Indiana? It is Indiana. Ah, and didn't they have the number one pick last year? They they drafted yeah. the Boston girl, Aaliyah right? Boston. Yeah, I would guess she'll probably end up getting some hardware here shortly. Yeah, as the 2023 Rookie of the Year. Yeah, yeah. So, ah, so second guess, I got it. Yeah, so I'll take that, Tony. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. That was a good question. The other part of it. Okay. What? When was the last time the Fever made the playoffs? Ooh. Oh, it's been a drought. Uh, 2019? Incorrect. Later than that. Oh, wow. Oh, so, guys, it's been that long since Tamika Catchings played. Yeah. I guess guess that makes sense. Yeah. she was in college when I was in college, and I'm seasoned and experienced. Two you guys th- are peers. <laughs> 2017. Incorrect. Can't be. 2018. That's my final answer. Incorrect. It is 2016. Fun. That was the last time they were in the I was playoffs. surprised by it. I thought, it, I, wow. I thought they would have been in, you know, like you said, 2018, 2019, somewhere in that time frame. Boy, that's a long time to go to be not in the playoffs. It's a long drought. Yeah, it is a long drought. That's, that's Sacramento Kings-esque. Drought, <laughs> you know, and, I mean, you know and if they were to get the number one pick and a certain Iowa guard was in it, I would say they would be in the playoffs. Yeah, she'd also have to probably take a pay cut, too. That is true. <laughs> you know, very, so. very true. So... All right. Well, hey, good. That was a good two-parter, Tony. You 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 always doubt your you, you always doubt your trivia questions, and they always turn out to be pretty solid, buddy. So that's that's a different song than you sang when we first started. To <laughs> You're getting better at it. You're Thank you. I'm the most improved trivia question asker. <laughs> There's only four. <laughs> You get to bring home some hardware, though. It's true. It is true. The most all about the hardware. Uh, uh, just thank me in your speech. All right, that's all I ask. I will. I, yeah, will. I appreciate I'm that. I'm the Ocho. <laughs> Speaking of which. How about that? 
All right, uh, this week in basketball, uh, we got about uh, we got about three big topics we want to talk about. First of all, we're, we're uh, one college basketball, one women's basketball, and one professional basketball, men's professional basketball. Uh, let's start with college basketball. Uh, obviously, we're we're all aware of the tragedy that took place on the island of Maui. Uh, it's been about what six weeks ago ish tony somewhere around there yeah somewhere in that neighborhood yeah and uh, just just uh a human tragedy uh beyond pale and uh of course one of the things that our sport ties in with uh maui is the maui invite uh it was announced that for this year they are still going to have the maui invitational and but they're going to be playing it in honolulu rather than maui um, I, uh, again, you know, it, it's just like with, unfortunately everything, uh, or a lot of things, not everything, but a lot of things, um, this was page one news for, for a couple of weeks. And now people kind of, you know, have moved on. They've moved on to the next story, the next, this, the next, that, uh, you know, it's still important that we realize that, uh, this town was literally burnt to the ground and, and we hope that, uh, they are able to rebuild as soon as possible. You're never going to get past the human tragedy of the, the deaths that occurred because of this. But but hopefully there's some way in which uh, this staple of the community is able to uplift these the, the, the folks of, of Maui and uh, they, they can tie them in. And, and hopefully around the time that the tournament is played, around Thanksgiving time, uh, this will give a bunch of publicity back to this, uh, so that maybe some, you know, just some some good things can can come out of it and, and help the folks out that were affected by this massive tragedy. Yeah, um, you know, it's one of the the big early tournaments in the year. Uh, I know, obviously, teams at that time around the holidays want to be spending, uh, you know, their their holidays on beautiful islands of Hawaii and then like you said in this this microwave uh attention span culture that we live in you know it's we've moved on to other things and the the rebuild and the the you know doing the best they can to put things back to some sense of normal um needs to be there but you know it's it's good that that there's are places that are reaching out and trying to help them because it's very very necessary and then Hopefully next year they'll be able to, to host again and things will get back to some sense of normal for them. Yeah, yeah, and that's what you that's what you want more than anything is you you, you want to get back to normal uh, when when it comes to any tragedy, uh, you take a lot of things for granted, um, but but then you know again the the goal of of all of these folks I'm sure is to just get back to just get back to normal. Just get back yep. to normal and get and, rid of those nightmares, those bad memories. Yep, absolutely. So, um, WNBA playoffs, Tony. WNBA playoffs. Uh, we were four for four in our predictions. So it didn't take much. I mean, uh, three of the series were sweeps, uh, but uh, the Sun and the Lynx did go to Game Three, uh, which the Sun won pretty convincingly by the final score. I watched watched it some last night. Uh, so we've got the, uh, we've got the aces and the wings in the kind of the quote unquote West, and we've got the Liberty and the sun in the East. Uh, I think this Liberty, I, I, this Liberty and the sun, uh, series has a chance to be 
really, really good. I think it's got to be a chance to, to be a good series. I'm still picking the Liberty, uh, but I think it's going to be more competitive than people may think. I would agree with that. You know, uh, both teams were pushed really hard. You know, you mentioned the Liberty ended up winning 2-0 uh, over, over Washington, but I watched that game two of that. I tuned to, tuned into that one. That was really high level basketball. Mm-hmm. And if Shakira Austin is healthy, I think the the uh, Washington team ends up taking that thing to three and maybe even pull off the upset. But they were mm-hmm. they were impressive. Uh, you know, you take a look. Elena Deladon didn't play that. Didn't shoot it that great. Played played other parts of the game well. Didn't shoot it that great. But uh, they were right there swinging toe to toe. And I, I think the Liberty are the favorite to win it. But man, are they going to really have to be pushed? Because that was a tough first round series with the Washington franchise there, and now they're off to Connecticut. And like you said, you know Connecticut uh, is playing really well. Dewana Bonner. Um, Alyssa Thomas, uh, those those two are playing at an incredibly high level. Mm. And, you know, if they had their other post uh, that tore her uh, Achilles, they would be really, really tough. But they've they've kind of fit in well, have adjusted without her. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's going to be a heck of a series. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I've got uh, in both of them, um, I've got the Aces and the Liberty. I'm going to go 3-1. Uh, I, I think that. You know, both the wings, just because, again, of the, the star power. Uh, Abumake is really, really good. And she can she can hold Team Teamia for one game, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just don't think she has the, the supporting cast like Las Vegas has. And, and kind of, you know, I, I think the Liberty and the Sun, I think it's going to be a really competitive 3-1 series. But I, I, I just can't see New York with Inescu and Stewie uh, playing the way that they are. And they have been. Um, I, I, I just think, you know, and now you're not worried about playing back to backs or anything like that. The travel is going to be pretty simple. I, I just think I think it's going to I think it's going to be a really competitive three one series. Um, but I, I still have Liberty three to one. Yeah, I, I can see it going five, but three one makes sense. Uh, you know, Vegas and 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 Dallas. You know, it was interesting. The the Dallas coach after they won their series the other night she got emotional just how much it meant to her um so that was are you still there yeah i'm still here okay i'm sorry i'm getting beefs in my ear i thought something was going on anyway um but it meant a lot to her uh to get to get that team into the second round um so a groom k is is really good uh they have a few other pieces but it's a young team and that's a team that's on the rise and this is a great experience for them and if they can take a game from the aces and then my question i guess i would throw at you would be uh candace parker is is she supposed to be back at all in the playoffs ah you know what let me get out the massive google machine um let me look at it up well when will candace parker return from injury they said she will only be out indefinitely. That's that's how we're, that's that's what we're looking at. So okay. uh, she's still out. Uh, the only thing I see is out indefinitely. Uh, no timetable for her return. Um, so I think you have to assume, even if she comes back, she's probably going to come back too early, mm-hmm. um, and maybe limited. So I, I I think that it's it's they're they're down a big. Uh, they're down a big weapon. Um, yeah. So uh, they're not. They're even if that arrow is in their quiver, I don't think it's going to be the same type of arrow that they would normally have. So no, it adds some depth to them. But 
she's not going to be where she was at that level that she was before this injury occurred because she was playing at a really high level. I yep. thought Las Vegas, I wouldn't necessarily say head and shoulders, but I thought they were they were the you know the strongest team out there. But after they lost her, I, you know New York kept getting better and better. You know you mm-hmm. mentioned a few little bit ago about. Uh, Anescu and, and Stewie, you know, that, that's not even taken into account. John Qual Jones is playing really well, oh, and then they've got Vandersloot really as well. Tough, yeah. uh, but that, that's, that's a tough team. And I, I would say, you know, like we were talking about earlier, if the Liberty win this thing, they will have gone through three Donnie Brooks to get there, and they'll be a very deserving champion. Absolutely. You bet. Um, something new this week. I, I kind of thought of this yesterday. And I ran it past Tony, and he was like, yeah, sure, you know, because uh, he's such a difficult co-host to work with, I tell you. So. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, we've got uh, approximately six weeks-ish till the NBA season starts. And I thought, well, hey, six weeks, six divisions in the NBA. Let's go through each division and let's make some predictions here. So that's what we're going to do here to wrap up our TWIB segment this week here. We're going to start in the Atlantic Division and we're going to work our way up. And we're going to go from 5 to 1. Who do we have to pick the division? We'll talk for a couple minutes on each team. Uh, We are not experts at this by any stretch of the imagination, but thought it'd be kind of fun to do. So, uh, Tony... You sent me your list, but I didn't send you mine because I wanted to have you have a bit of anticipation. Yes. <laughs> so, um, my uh, go ahead. Your 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 pick to finish last in what might be the best division in the NBA. I think it is the best division. You know, I, I sat there when I was doing that, and then as I was sending it to you, I was like, I'm not sure if I even agree with. What I just said, I think you could make a strong <laughs> argument, um, you know, for for almost any of them to be in whatever spot. I think it's a really, really difficult division. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to be honest with you. I think there's there's a team in that division, maybe two teams in that division, that could look very, very different as they may be players that are kind of on the fringe because you kept hearing Miami, Miami, Miami is yep. a landing spot for Dame. And I think there are teams in this division that could make some big time moves. You know, yeah. Raptors and and Brooklyn both could maybe come up with a trade package that could land them Dame. And yep. then the Knicks, I don't know if the Knicks are going after Dame with what they have already, but I could see the Knicks. I don't know if you've been listening to the Giannis scuttlebutt, yep. so to speak. And then yep. depending upon what happens with, with Harden, with the Sixers, I think you could hear Joel say, hey, I want out of here as well. And I yeah. think one of the few teams that has the assets to land either one of those would be the New York Knickerbockers. Yep. But based on what they their rosters are currently. September 21st, 2023. September 21, I would say the worst team in that division. And I'm still trying to flip-flop in here whether I'm going to go Nets or Raptors, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I look at Ben Simmons having a better a bounce back year if you will um with the net so i'm going to put the raptors in spot number five i am with you in that that is my four five pick but i'm going to flip them around i i think that the nets are going to be again from what we know today on september 21st 2023 and nothing will remain static you know uh stuff something's going to happen whatever that is something's going to happen so 
Uh, I could see, I could see four of these five teams finishing above 500. Um, though, yes. You know, uh, and, and I the think other one would prop the fifth one would might be right at 500. Yeah, or, or just a, a or two under, just a notch below. Yeah, but I just look at you know I think I, I really like Mikael Bridges. Uh, but I, I just think looking at the the Raptors, um, and and I think it's it's six of one, half a dozen of another. Yeah, I think Mikael Bridges are really good. I think Scotty Barnes is really good. I really like Scott. I think you know obviously he took a step back a little bit last year. Uh, was not as good as he was per se his rookie year. Uh, you know, but Pascal Siakam um, is better than anybody else that the Nets has. Um, I, I, you know, I like uh, Chris Boucher, Precious Chua coming off the bench. Jakob Pertl, I think, will be a good fit. Uh, I, I just had to nudge the Raptors a couple of spots ahead of the Nets. Um, and, and I think one thing that we forget about the Nets, and, and I listen to quite a few NBA podcasts, uh, their record last year was largely built on when Kyrie and Durant were there. And after they traded those two guys... Uh, they 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 were still in the playoffs, but most of that work was done when those guys were there, and they were not very good after those two guys left. So that's kind of where I'm going. OG Ananobi, uh, I think, is really good as well. So, you know, I, I think maybe, let me put it to you like this. Uh, the Nets probably have the best player, but the Raptors might have the next three or four best players after that, in my opinion. Um, I might argue a little bit. I, I I don't know. You might, I feel like you were sleeping on Cam Johnson a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and I'm not Claxton, saying. Yeah, I think is a really good player. Spencer Dinwiddie is a is a established scorer. Mm-hmm. Dorian Finney-Smith. Um, you know, and I guess some of it's probably based on. I think. I'm not saying you see a superstar in Ben Simmons, but I think Ben Simmons well, is kind of in that rock bottom, and yeah. understandably so, deservedly with taking the heat that he has. I just I feel like he's going to have a little. I feel like he's going to have. A, he's going to be a contributing member to them and put up solid numbers. Yeah, he's the X factor. If he comes out and does Ben Simmons things that he was doing three or four years With the ago, Sixers. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Then that changes. Then that changes that. Now, do I think they're as good as the other three teams in the division? No, but I, that would that would probably flip my decision. But until. Until I see it, I can't believe it, you know, type of a deal. So, I, yeah, I, would, I think that's fair. Yep. So, so in third place, Mr. Vish, you had? I'm going with the Sixers. And I'm going to be honest with you. I feel like I want to go lower. I just, if you have a disgruntled James Harden and you don't have a player in there to take that spot, I, I feel like Embiid obviously is one of the top five players in the world. Um, you know, I really like like Tyrese Maxey. I think he's going to score probably 23, 24, 25 points a game, yep. somewhere in that neighborhood. But after that, I have some big concerns. Um, you know, obviously a disgruntled James Harden's not going to do it. And then another guy that I don't think is overly happy being with the Sixers as well um, that's having some some issues with them. I think he said something about, I don't know what he compared himself, like some food stuff is more appreciate, appreciated in Philly than what he is. And, you know, so we've, we've got some issues going on there too uh, with, I'm trying to see if I can gear, here we go, Tobias Harris. Yep. Um, I just, I, I, I don't like the pieces around. I think that thing's about ready to implode. Yeah. I, I don't know if this makes sense, Tony. Um, I picked the Sixers 
to finish behind the Knicks like you did. But I think the Sixers have a better chance of winning the championship than do the Knicks just because they have one of the, you know, the returning MVP. And if they ever get this figured out and they're able to balance out the roster, I don't think the Sixers have the same depth. But if they can just get into the tournament and stay healthy, you know just as well as I do, it's the studs usually carry the day. Very, you know, I see the Knicks as like a really good regular season team because they're pretty balanced. They're not overly dependent on one guy other than maybe like a Jalen Brunson, but they've got Quigley and they got some other guys that on on a on a night they can step in for that. But they just don't have that guy where you just okay, just throw it to you and we know you're going to take us home. And um, you know Julius Randle's a very good very good player. R.J. Barrett is. You know, especially after this summer, hopefully he may takes a step. Jalen Brunson is Jalen Brunson, but nobody's Embiid. And if they could just get this Harden thing figured out, whichever direction they're going to go, even though I picked them third, I think the Sixers have a better chance of winning a championship, even though they would finish third in division, because just the length of the season and everything that goes into that, I think the Knicks are going to have a better record. I, I think that's that's fair. Um, you know, I, I think. With the Knicks, I like the way their puzzle pieces fit together. Yep. I like the addition of Dante DiVincenzo, the big ragu. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yep. And I'm going to be honest with you. I think they're going to move Evan Fournier um, and get a good a good uh, deal there. Because I think Fournier, I, I see him going to the Spurs. Because mm-hmm. um, I think he would be a good piece there with Victor. Um, and so I, I I'm interested to see what they can bring in there because they didn't play him much and he cost almost $19 million against their roster. So if they can get a good solid player in return for him to fit in there, but I agree with you. I think the Knicks are a big piece away from being a serious contender in this thing. If they can get, you know, an Embiid or a Giannis, they go from, I see them being like Eastern conference finals. Good. And that that would be the peak. That would be the but peak. If they yeah. get if they get a superstar, I see them having the ability to win the whole thing. Yep, yep, I would agree with you, Evan Fournier. Um, he's not a starter. He's not on the second team depth chart. He's not on the third team depth chart. He's not on the fourth team depth chart. But they do have him as the fifth team backup shooting guard and small forward. So if they ever get to that point. So I'd say he's pretty expendable in their plans. Uh, that, yeah, he's that, just not a Tibbs guy. Yeah. That, that, you know, yeah. That, that wasn't a hard thing to see. You know, this Tibbs has a, has a certain, you know, what do I want to say, a type. Yep. And, and Evan Fournier's not that type. He is definitely not that type. So we both agree that the Celtics are the favorites to win the division. Um, they, you know, Embiid's the best player as of right now. Uh, Jason Tatum, probably the second best player in the division. And Jalen Brown was all NBA last year. Um, I think they I, I think they might have had a deal where they had too many guys last year in some ways. Uh, they bring in Porzingis, uh, who can, you know, again, we'll have to see how his plantar fasciitis works out. Uh, it, it, it's, it's either going to go really, really well in him for Boston or the Boston fan base will eat him alive. I don't think there's any gray area. I think it's going to be very black and white with, with, uh, uh, with the Zingers, uh, fate in Beantown. I, I think they're going to fall in love with him or I think they're going to just, just spit him up and chew him out. Uh, or chew, you know what I meant, Tony, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you know, they need to get Brogdon back and healthy, um, you know they've 
you know, Horford's back for his 42nd year in the league. Um, again, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are maybe the best wing combo in the league. Uh, Derek White had an awesome year last year. And I think what a big deal would be is Joe Missoula will now, it should be much more comfortable in his skin. Uh, he knows he's going to be there for the long term. Uh, he's, he's not going to be looking over his his shoulder. And, and now he's had a complete offseason to really prepare himself to be the head coach of the Boston Celtics. And I think that's going to be a big deal as well. Yeah, the, the concern that I have with the Celtics, in all honesty, there's some stuff going on with Brogdon. Yep, um, it's not good. And it's not good, and they need Brogdon. I think Brogdon's a very, very key piece for them. Um, and if they can't get him happy, they can't get him to pull the rope in the same direction, you probably need to move on. And I think that was a part of the issue is they were trying to trade him in in certain deals. They had him traded. That's a little bit of him being disgruntled was being shopped around like that. Uh but like you said, they have two outstanding wings with, with uh Brown and then um Tatum. Uh Brown, you know, it hopefully he's been working on his left. Uh we'll, we'll see if we'll see if there's any evidence of that. Um but I think Porzingis is, is a nice addition. But I one hundred percent agree with you it's gonna be feast or famine. Uh they're either gonna love him or they're going to run his butt out of town because he makes $36 million and they're going to expect him to produce like a $36 million player. And I think they're going to expect him to play with the toughness and the grit that Boston fans expect their Boston athletes to play with. It's a blue-collar town. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, it'll it'll be really interesting to see what happens there. And, uh, yeah, you know, excited excited to see here. So, um I liked adding this segment, Tony. I think I think it's a pretty cool deal. I agree. I think this was a great addition, you know, coming from the mind of Marty Plum. Well, <laughs> there's not a lot of good things that come out of the mind of Marty Plum, so <laughs> I'm going to take that and run with it while I can, buddy. So, uh, Great stuff this week, as always, Tony. Uh, hopefully you've recovered from your cross-country meet. I know that I uh, have as well. I'm going to edit this, and then I'm going to eat some popcorn, and then I'm and hang out with my wife and, and our son, and, and then go to bed. So, um Looking forward to it. Um, anything else on communicating expectations? The big thing is just, I really go back to this. I don't think you can over-communicate. And the thing you have to understand is when you're not filling that void with communication, negativity seeps in there. And so uh, just just make sure you get everybody on the same page. Expectations are clearly outlined and stay true to your stuff. Yep, absolutely. So great stuff as always from Tony. Like I said, if, if there's anything that uh, you need from me that we talked about this week, email me at pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Tony, I assume if anybody wants uh, any of the stuff from Kennedy, um, I don't want to assume too much, but I think John would probably be okay with sharing some of his oh, material. He would definitely be okay with sharing it. I'm sure he would share... Of the, you know the link or because like i said he records it and sure he would he would share that yeah so if you if you're interested in any of that stuff just get a hold of either one of us you know how to do that so uh hope you've enjoyed this coaches and and we'll be back again next week with another topic and hopefully we'll be able to help you out so coaches as always let's be sure to own our craft one day at a time <laughs>